Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Full Service Radio. Window seat recorded live from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Broadcast on full service radio and presented by Amila, the Adams Morgan Youth Leadership Academy. I'm your host, Christopher. I have with me Mr. Francis and Alexia. Yeah, Omari Francis, the other host. I realize I gotta uh, say your first name. Say my first name because I guess be like, who? Mr. Francis? I'm actually super pumped. So we. Ha- have a guest scheduled to appear but they're not here right now and me and mr francis are like mr amari francis um we're like hot off the street and we don't necessarily get to we're not like we weren't educated in communication or radio Mm-mm. um and we don't have these shows where we get to sit and talk too often and for whatever reason, we used to do it a lot yeah for whatever reason these are like fun for me Yes, they are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Chris always wants to do this, and I'm like, never. I never want to do it. Yeah, these are, these are fun for me. Um, but it's also kind of difficult because um, when you expect a guest, you prepare for a guest, and when you don't have one last minute, you almost got to come up with a show on the whim. So that's kind of what we're doing today. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're listening, I don't want you to tune out because I just said that. What I hope you do is give us some pointers well first i want to you know what i realized so uh alexia i appreciate you alexia thank you because we were talking um just before we started to record and alexia said something like i start she asked me if how i was feeling and i responded to her and then she gave me some insight about what I said. And then she, we decided we were going to start to record. And as she was walking away, I was like, I like her. Like, I just like the energy that you bring. It feels good. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I, I, I wanted to make sure I said that. That was kind. Yeah. I want to piggyback on that because she does always drop, like, jewels. Like, she has, you can tell she's present when you talk to her. Yep. And you can tell she has something to say when she speaks. Yep. Or you can see her face. She's thinking, that was dumb. You can't see her face. My face gives away everything. I've gotten that feedback many, many times, and I don't change it. You shouldn't. (laughs) Thank you. I don't know. We had an interesting conversation going here for a second about um, stress and how that affects us (laughs) in our lives. Who did? We did? (laughs) No, I mean, I thought it was on time. I went to see a chiropractor yesterday. And I had a knot in my back, and I don't know what the hell she did because it didn't feel like she did anything, to tell you the truth. I just heard, like, a couple of cracks. But, like, today I'm super sore, and I'm asking myself, am I, like, stressed out? Because I never submit to it if I am. And, Alexia, you said that stress shows up in the body. Yeah, stress is, it's, so you experience stressors, but you don't call it stress until it starts to impact your body like stress is your body's reaction to outside pressures and so 
the thing that's important is to re- recognize when you do feel that weirdness in your body and be able to like take one step back and question it. So Chris, you're saying like your body is sore. Amari was saying that he was eating a lot of sugar and that kind of prompted him to think about like why he was doing that. And it might be because there's stressors present. Um, and if you can do that before, like you mentally recognize that there's an alarm, that means that you're, you've set yourself up uh, in a better way before you, you like lose it all. So yeah, important. Great yeah, job. But I don't know what to do once I find out my body is telling me I'm stressed. I think that's I'm thankful for it. I think that's the key. And I think and that's how, kind of how we started to talk, right? So Alexia asked me how I was doing. I said I, I think I'm stressed. And she's after she's looked at me and said, "Yeah, you look like something might be going on." Um, I started to talk about so I can't I can identify things that may be stressing me out, but mostly I say oh, it's not a big. I brush it aside mentally, um, but I was telling Alexia that I find myself craving sugar a lot, and no matter how much I have, I want more. So today I had a Slurpee, I had candy. We're in Adams Morgan, and there's the cheesecake spot. Yeah, some cheesecake. I want to when we leave here, but I don't think I'm going to have time. But regardless how much sugar I, I've eaten today. I want more. And it was as I'm thinking about getting a cheesecake, I'm like, why the f- why am I craving this sugar? Because I've been good for, you know, prior to maybe the last few days, I've been great um, in terms of not eating a lot of sugar because I, I know that's the thing for me. And then I just was like, damn, maybe I'm stressed and maybe this is how I'm, um, it's it's appearing in my life is the sugar. So maybe I need to reflect on what's, what I got going on. So it's truly comfort food. For you, me, you go to it. You go. F- yeah, some people. I mean, it could be my my. Some people drink. Some people yeah. use drugs. Some people go have sex. Some people whatever. Solange, I, yeah. I have uh, Solange. You know that song? Yeah, I used to. That's I know yeah. that was a thing for me in the past too. But now it's yeah. sugar. Yeah. I have another thing in my life that's kind of bugging me out too. I told you today I wanted to start a fast. Yeah. Around um, one o'clock today. I got hungry, mm-hmm. and I was like, fuck that. I'm going to go get some food. And I'm starting to realize, like, I'll have these goals or things I'm, I tell myself I'm going to complete, mm-hmm. and I don't take them serious at this point, and I don't know why. Like, I don't even try to muster the energy to, like, take myself more serious. Mm-hmm. Lately, it's just, like, I have the urge to, like, do something different and decide to do something different. What do you think? Do, how do you feel about the thing that you said you wanted to do if you choose to do something different? I don't know. I, I think about these as like intentions I set for my life, the person I want to be, the, you know, the life I want to have. I have these goals to keep me along the path, right? And it almost feels like I'm not taking my goals that serious. And it's a little frustrating. It is a little frustrating. And I, and I think it's a season. I don't think it's just me. But, like, sometimes I kind of want to honor this season of, like, not giving a fuck. But I don't know how long it's okay to your, like, no, you're supposed to work out daily. You know, you're supposed to do your yeah. language course yeah. daily. You know, you're supposed to yeah. eat healthy. It's just, right. like, how long am I going to just be, like, fuck everything and, and do whatever I want to do? It's not. So. Uh-oh. Uh, I was um, just someone... I met somebody that suggested a book to me. It's called The War of Art. 
a war of art. Right. And he talks about essentially how creatives procrastinate. He's a journalist, obviously the person that wrote, well, that's not obvious, but the person that wrote the book is a journalist, journalist or author, one of those writing professions. And he was talking about how it's so difficult for people in that profession to actually write. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was saying that he was trying to identify, or in the book he identified the things the, the barrier from for to keep people from being successful in whatever it is and the first thing he ha- he identifies three things and the first thing he calls resistance and it's resistance from accomplishing your goal and it's just inner thing that keeps you from you know addressing accomplishing whatever goal that you set and he just lists so many different ways that resistance will appear in our lives um, and it's interesting because this things that we tell ourselves are valid is a form of resistance. It's real, right? You mean we find different ways to be busy so we don't have to do that thing that we what, or that could be one or we could we could tell ourselves as you say, and I'm not saying this is what you're doing, but you could say this is a season in my life where I just don't give a fuck. And, but you know, it could be you just not it could be a form of resistance. So it could be true. It could be a form of resistance. That's something that you gotta, you gotta figure out. So if you're listening, you gotta do us a favor. Me? Um, no, anyone who's listening, we gotta pray together. Everybody, whatever God about you to pray, pray to. No, I mean right, we're not gonna pray on air, but oh, it's, 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 <laughs> it's okay to pray for us. I mean, if you listen to the radio and we could pray for our listeners, man, we gotta accomplish our goals. Um, today, today, today. What are we going to do? I thought we were doing what Okay, we so we had a guest just pull in on us. Pull um, in? Oh, you meant pull up, right? We're in the studio. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm done with you, son. <laughs> pull up. Um, pull up on us. Um, I invited this guest here today um, kind of for the connection. I think a lot of people come to this city a lot of legacy, I hate using that word, but that's kind of how I view them. People who are more important to me in hip hop than this current wave of hip hop, but I guess that just kind of dates me. What's interesting is I'm, I'm watching that Wu-Tang series on Hulu. Mm. Are you watching it or no? Mm-mm. It's actually really good. And it kind of like surprised me because after the first episode, I was like unsure. Um, and I think RZA is telling a story of his storytelling abilities. But, like, you get two or three shows in there, and it's just good TV. And I thought he was uh, exaggerating things for the sake of telling a story. I'm not so sure he is, because on his last episode, he was signed to a label, and he came out. Spoiler, I guess I should have said that. See, I, I told you I wasn't educated. Yo, go ahead. I don't... Yeah, so he um, was signed to a label, and they kind of came out with a song, and I thought, oh, this never happened. And I YouTube the song. Sure enough, it's sitting right there on YouTube. Like, this is real stuff. Pull it. I remember buying the actual single with the actual Denise Williams uh, sample that he used. The first before, one? Yeah, before they switched it up on him. So... Yeah, everything that you see on the Wu-Tang saga is word for word 
like true for real. Like I had to reach back to Ray and Ghost and ask them, they said, like, was y'all really beefing like that? You know what I'm saying? And Ray was like, yeah, but you know, RZA put it all together for everybody to make sure that they were right and exact. And that's part of the reason to ask you to come join us because I don't know your affiliation. Um, I think it's safe to say you put people together. You know people in the business. Yes, sir. Um, and these are like really important apps. I know I don't listen to too much hip hop right now. The stuff I do listen to is mad violent. But like the stuff I am listening to, some of these people pull up on you. I got Benny the Butcher. I got uh, Conway the Machine. I'm listening. I'm checking for these artists because they're talented and they remind me of my era. And when they're in the city, they're here with you. So yeah. um, how... Wait, what's your last name? Uh, Jow, G-Y-A-U. So, Salim, Jow. Yeah. How did you get, what's your position? How, do you, how did you finesse being <laughs> this person in D.C.? And for what, for what it's worth, you know, I, I don't know how you, what exactly your, your, your goal is or, or your, your task is, but, like, literally everybody that's important in hip-hop, older generation, we're not talking about the young Uzi Verts. They, I see them with you. So, like, what are you doing in, in music? And Well, um, it all started for me out in 2013. Mm -hmm. um, I was originally uh, delivering pharmaceuticals and supplies to the elderly and sick children here in Washington, D.C. Okay, so that wasn't cold. That was like... No, like that. Yeah, okay. Real, real, like real. Yeah, that wasn't cold. I, I, yeah, I did all of that. Like that was back early '90s. Like I left that life alone as soon as you know my daughter was born. Okay. So, but um, 2013 was just you know fooling around on Twitter while we riding in the van to go make our usual stops and deliveries, and then um, also checking up on the uh, house attendants to make sure that you know my clients I'm coming to you know see and make sure they're right, make sure they're treating them right as well. So most of the time, you're on the phone, in the van, just doing whatever. And, you know, hip-hop, I definitely, you know, love the culture. And uh, one of my friends, his name is uh, A.G. the Coroner, mm -hmm. um, formerly of the Outdoorsman. Uh, he was uh, one-third of the group with uh, Action Bronson and Mayhem Loren. Okay. So he just reached out to me on Twitter one day and was like, yo, bro, would you mind being on my street team? It took, it took me aback because I didn't know what he meant. You know, I didn't know what he wanted. I had no idea what he was expecting of me. And I asked him what it entailed, and he just, you know, gave me the, the usual flim-flam. But he said that the label that he signed to was based here in the DMV area. And that if I wanted to, he would set me up an interview with the CEO of the label. And mind you, he had just got signed by the artist Rock Marciano you know, formerly of the Flipmo Squad. And, you know, he's got some really... Super talented. Yeah, critically acclaimed albums out here. You know, thankful, you know, thank God to Rock and my boy Jazz, uh, UN Gang, for putting me down with the family. But um, I went to the label. It was out in Manassas, Virginia, in July 13th of 2013. I got on the train, took two buses, and walked about maybe half mile to get to the, the office. Um, gave him my resume and told him who sent me. And ever since then, like, I, it, it literally, like, took off. As soon as they pulled me in, I was started working on my first showcase, which was A3C in 2013. We were uh, working on a showcase for rock. 
and they taught me how to, you know, run social media, taught me how to run the team pages for the artist, um, set up showcases, you know, set up interviews with bloggers, so on and so forth. It was just like a crash course. Did, did they ever? Did he ever say why he chose you? He said the reason why he told he chose me because more so my opinion and my knowledge on the culture. Because most of the people will come and they see me and they look at me and they think I'm a youngin. But you know when I tell them my age and then I tell them what I've been involved with, then they definitely get a different perspective and an outlook. So that's what you know. My man Ag, he was just like. There's something with you. I don't know what it is, but I just want you down with the squad. So, so what have you learned along the way? Um, because you're talking about some of my favorite artists. Action Bronson, for a while, I was saying was my favorite white rapper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Legit. He's ill. Yeah. Um, but I also think he's such a great personality that mm-hmm. he doesn't have to make his money from music. Exactly. So I don't feel like his focus is necessarily there. Definitely not. But um, talented, I think he's Quentin Tarantino rap. To me, but uh, what have you learned? Because we do have you know different artists that we get to talk to, and they're trying to make a way for themselves in music. Well, what I've learned is that a lot of these artists that I met, you know, that I admired from afar as a fan growing up, you know, they're regular people just like you and me. Like seriously, there's some really cool folks that I never thought, you know, I would have in my contacts where I can just literally text or call and we can have a conversation in it not be about music so that's the main thing that i learned like you know these people actually leave lead regular lives you know the entertainment part is more so their job and they're accessible it sounds and like. they're accessible yeah they're accessible some may think that they're not accessible but you know you get close enough they're definitely accessible um at the same time i always tell people it's always about your energy you know, if you come in the right energy, you know what I'm saying, uh, it's going to be reflected. But if you come with a certain energy that is something that they are not familiar with, you're going to get the standoffish and things of that nature. Um, fortunately, everybody that I've met or who I've come in contact with, you know, they, it's just been a blessing and been amazing to the point where, you know, some of them, when they come into town, and it's not even for a particular show. They just here in town. I'll literally get a text or a call. Like, yo, Celine, where you at? Well, where we in town, come chill with us. Like, hey, I'll come and chill. It's whatever. So, yeah. So how'd you build on the um, starting with the street team in 2013? Well, like I said, I was grabbed off Twitter. And then, um, you know, they taught me, you know, social media-wise, how to, you know, digitally promote, you know, um, how to... A&R, certain albums, sequence, so on and so forth. And um, it took me roughly about a year to really get that under my belt. And I thank, uh, you know, Man Bites Dog Records, uh, Ryan Lynch for, you know, teaching me a lot of that stuff. Also, uh, the engineer and producer, MC Count Fifth as well with Man Bites Dog Records. Um, After that, I just more so started, like, seeking for myself, like, because the people that I was meeting and networking with, then they started giving me little jewels. You know, quote unquote, I guess people say they're gatekeepers or, right. or whatever. But sometimes I look at gatekeeper as in a negative connotation because sometimes those people who are quote unquote gatekeepers don't want to see you rise because they feel threatened. 
mm-hmm. that you might be after their position or whatever. Um, me, I'm in my own lane. I'm definitely about, you know, paying it forward, you know what I'm saying? Because that's how it was presented to me. You know, what is this, 2019? Six years ago, I didn't have to be in this at all. I could have still been fine being a homebody, go home, you know, play fools on Call of Duty and live my life, you know what I mean? But it's definitely been a whirlwind. So what what have you learned about the hustle? I'm I'm every guest we have in here, we had I told you we had Feminista Jones. Yeah. I could sit here and ask her about monetizing um being someone of importance on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Being an author. Right. But then I also feel like a little bit I'm not doing our audience justice because I have really important people in here. Right. But like we've had Kingpin Slim who's a uh that's the homie. Yeah, yeah, in the area. And I think I think he's more than a musician. Yeah. I think he's a, a music historian. Yes. Um, and he talked a little bit about this, but I'm just curious, like, the hustle of trying to be in the music business right now, because it feels like it's so easy to not make money. I don't, I don't know if I'm right. No, you're right. It's easy to not make money because there's a lot of scamming, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a lot of, it's just more so a lot of back and forth. You know what I'm saying? It's more. It, it, my thing is with me is the relationships that you make with certain people. Make sure the relationships you're making are the ones to show you how to make sure you can get money. You can make money. Whereas you run into somebody who just always wants to trade off. More so like barter. Or like, oh, you do this for me, you know, I'll do this for you. You know what I mean? Um, I can admit the first three years into this, I wasn't making any money. I was investing in myself. I was, you know, yeah, I knew some of these artists, but I was paying for tickets because I still wanted to support the artists who was coming to town, regardless if they still gave me backstage, so on and so forth. Um, Another thing would be like, oh, can you help me get this artist for an interview? And then in return, oh, I need this person to do a quote-unquote drop or whatever. Um, I built those relationships within a three-year period where to a point now it's like, Okay, they can't come to Salim just thinking that they can ask for anything, you know. It's, we got to negotiate some sort of deposit because um, I, one brother, my brother uh, Lawrence, um, owner of 1500 Sound Academy out in Inglewood, um, major producer. He was just um, Grammy nominated and did a lot of work on Nipsey Hussle's uh, latest album, Victory Lap. Mm-hmm. He was in town uh, last year at the Kennedy Center. Um, doing the live mixtape with uh, J. Period, Feral Monch, and Deb Prez and Mumu Fresh. And so after the performance and everything, we all chilling or whatever, and Lawrence was like, I was like, yo, so how did you end up doing the 1500 Sound Academy and Vector and, and all, like, how did that come about? And he was saying, every person that I met, I made sure I got their contact, but I was telling them, yo, I, I got a school, I'm opening a school. But he never had one until he got to the point where the contacts in his phone, he basically looked at these contacts was like, damn, I got over, I got contacts that's worth over six figures. Now let me hit these people up to see if they would want to be down with this school that they said they were so interested in being a part of. He hit up certain contacts in their phone. Now my man has a sound academy over there. And you have anybody from Ludacris to Master P coming in to talk to the kids. 
you know, about producing and engineering and things of that nature. So with that be said, you know, what's in your phone, your contacts, like my contacts is basically my 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 money. So, to so speak. how how do you manifest those relationships though? So once even after you get the contact, do yeah. you keep do you keep in touch with oh, them? Yeah, do you hit them every once in a while? Definitely just, keep in because touch. If if uh, say I was someone that you met, right? You know, just humble. We right. just connected or whatever. And yeah. I'm somebody who you believe may have some status. I can help in, in in the future in some way. Right. But we didn't connect outside of just running into each other. We exchange information, just like a quick conversation. Right. How would you maintain a relationship with me where you could call me in six to eight months and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember who he is. Well, my my main thing is when I introduce myself to people, my guy would make sure my energy is you know a one. Right. But then two. I always believe in good hospitality. You know, most of these artists and management, that's what they remember, the hospitality and how you treated them. And then after they leave, I make sure I touch base. Like the day you leaving, you leaving the city, I will that you have a safe trip. Can't wait till the next time you come in. You know, hopefully, possibly we can collaborate. I'll drop a text or, you know, we might be already following each other out you know definitely support or put something post out there for them or there's things that will come to me where i think it might work for that artist then i'll reach out to their management or that artist and see if that's something that they're interested in so you give yourself that. yeah i definitely give them myself so that's where a lot of my relationships come from so like say uh rhapsody was just here for cbc a couple weeks back and the first thing she said to me was like yo salim i need some go-go I was like, what you mean? You want to go to a go-go tonight? You want to go? <laughs> she was like, no, I want to remix uh, the song Michelle on my recent album. I want some go-go. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, say less. I'm going to go straight to the source. So I hit up my man Sauce, you know, play Congos for Backyard. Link that up. Then I hit up my peoples over at Red Essence. Link that up. So we might be hearing a remix of, you know, Michelle within the next month from either a Red Essence or Backyard. You know what I mean? So there's a couple of things you just said that I um, like. And I, I was talking about rhythm. There's things I, I commonly hear from, like, people who are hustling, right? Yeah. And what you were talking about, like, speaking about this school that you don't even have yet. Right. And waiting to... It's like... We had the guy here, the, the DBA teacher, and he was out putting signs up for his school mm-hmm. before he even signed a lease. Mm-hmm. So or had the money. He didn't. He didn't have the equipment. He didn't have the equipment. The, the money. On. See, he manifested it. It's, it. it's almost beyond that. It's like the energy behind what you're, what you feel like you want it. I guess it's manifesting. I'm just talking my ass off. That's all. No, you writing exact. Yeah. Um. So we are kind of close on our time but I do want to ask you because I, I saw that you've been promoting pretty heavily yeah uh, one of your friends um, on that was off the wire he had a documentary yeah my brother Trey Chaney yeah. who did he play on the wire he played poop he played oh, poop oh, on yeah, the yeah, wire oh yeah 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 yes, yeah, yeah. The, yes. the, the kid one he was yeah. the dirt the, the, the poor really poor kid nah, not, they were no, all no that was Dookie no. off oh the Dookie fourth, all right, okay, off, okay, off okay, the okay. so which one was poop poop started off on the orange couch with Bodie that was like him and Bodie right here man so yeah my brother Trey Chaney um, actually you know we started following, we were following each other on Twitter for years let him know I was a number you know definitely a wire fan hold on 
Poop was dark skin. Yeah, exactly. He started working at Foot Locker at the end. Exactly. So. <laughs> he's he's basically he's basically the one out of the whole Barksdale crew who basically made it through the whole five seasons. Right. Exactly. Gotcha. Okay. So um, you know, we met we met in the physical October eighth, two thousand fifteen, where it was around the twenty year anniversary of the Million Man March. But at the same time, we had Rakim and Big Daddy Kane at the Howard Theater. Trey Cheney had opened for uh, Big Daddy mm-hmm. and Rakim. Um, helped him out during the sound check. Right after the sound check, he was like, I don't know what's up with your energy, bro, but I want you down with my squad. Say less. Four years later now, my brother's down in ATL. Um, he's, you know, uh, on the fourth season with Saints and Sinners, the number one drama on Bounce TV. Um, we got a new single we're about to drop called Something New that's produced by uh, Tone P, you know, DC legend producer. Um, we just got the undeniable documentary. If anybody wants to go to my uh, Instagram or Trey's Instagram, which is Mr. Trey Cheney, um, that's T R A Y C H A N E Y, and you'll start seeing drops that we got from the actual cast members from The Wire. Mm. So, you know, Idris dropped for us, WeeBay dropped for us, you know, Snoop just recently dropped for us. Um, people who everybody know the, the famous snitch Bubbles you know yeah. he dropped for us um, even D'Angelo dropped for us so like we getting the support because Trey is you know brainstorming to get this uh, wire reunion going as well so we'll see how that goes but right now he's got the new uh, documentary The Undeniable Film and it'll be shown at the Black Film Festival in ATL October 26th this month it's been nominated for you know a couple of awards and also, you know, he's working on some music, of course. And that's just my brother, man. I love him for life. I want to ask before we go. It's time. Well, really quickly then. <laughs> because, because you say, um, throughout this whole thing, you talked about energy, right? Yes. And how you, uh, you believe that it was just because of your energy and when you meet yeah. people, the way you, you engage with people and all that Definitely. stuff. Definitely. So my first question is, really quickly... Is that a conscious thing or is this how you are? So did you learn at some point, I got to get my energy up? Um, and then the second question is how as whenever you when did you begin to see that there's a direct uh, response to a positive or a direct correlation between your positive energy and you getting a positive response? Well, um, I can just say that all correlates back to having knowledge of self. You know, I'm a five percenter. You know what I'm saying? And. You know, I believe in the absence of confusion, which is peace. You know what I'm saying? So if I'm going to keep coming, if I come to you in a peaceful manner, you know, that's what should come back. We were taught energy can never be destroyed, only transferred. So if I'm giving you something good, it's only right that it comes back to me in, in that sense. You know, that's just how I met my brother here. Mm-hmm. You know, just one day in the street, and I'm in front of Songbird. He was like, yo, and we just started building there. You know what I mean? So... <laughs> You know, you just meet all different walks of people in your life. And my thing is, you never know what anyone is going through. So just make sure you always start off on a positive note and then build from there. All right. Wait. Alexia, no, I don't want to. No, no, no. no, no. We, we got to keep our commitments. It's important. Okay, it's right, important. Fine. But he's, a, he's important. a 5%. I yeah, got to ask I, him. I know. I know. Well, we can schedule something else and, and get better time. But I, I, I definitely want to thank you because I, I think you said a lot of stuff. And, you know, what I want to do with this show is bring value to someone who listens, right? Yeah, no doubt. So, um, there was just a lot of jewels there, gems there for me. 
um, as, as far as energy and keeping co- connects because that's important. And that's something we haven't necessarily explored here. Okay. All right, yeah, go ahead. Say your no, piece. No, I'm not saying nothing now. I'm just saying we got to go. <laughs> so I don't yeah, want to Check ask. this out. Um, if you want to catch our next show, we're here Thursdays at 5. You can find us. Mr. Francis is your part. Uh, yeah, if you want to listen to this podcast or any other podcast, you can find us at windowseat.fullserviceradio.org or on any platform that you listen to podcasts. Just search Window Seat. Yeah, and until next time, if anybody hasn't told you, I love you. I love you. Love. <laughs>